Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Get those nerds! Nerd! Nerd! Welcome to Dearly Debated, the show where you're entitled to your opinion, even if it's wrong. I'm your boy, amateur pro home chef Nathaniel Levinson. I'm Nashi. <laughs> with a hot tip. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you think you're on the wrong show? <laughs> it's it's cross promotion. Yeah, I guess, it's, I guess it is. I guess it is. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I need your clothes, your boots, and your motorcycle. It's Nathaniel Levinson. <laughs> <laughs> I am Greg Nine Millimeter Prince. Who's he Nine Millimeter? <laughs> I'm Ashley. Uh, <laughs> We've been watching Terminator, so it's way too easy for us. <laughs> this is honestly the hardest part of the entire show. Yeah. Is I, that know, I always right? remember right when it starts that I'm like, oh shoot, I have to come up with a catchy middle name. And then, yeah, I most of the time feel like Ashley. <laughs> or pretend like I didn't know it was my turn. to buy myself uh, some more time. How about this? How about this? I'm Ashley. I came for you. Thomas. <laughs> I don't have that on the soundboard either. Yeah, that's my, my uh, really bad I'm sorry. I have, as always, as in, as in the second time, my new segment, uh, Nathaniel Divers of the Classics. Oh, so I watched the classic movie, and I wrote a a thing on it. Now, don't say anything until I'm done reading it, okay. and then I'll allow you to guess. All right. And if you're playing along at home, let us know how much of a smart you Oh, well, I got it by word two, which would be impressive because word two is Jewish. Perfect. Okay, perfect. Good. My dearest Petunia, the war has been hard. We have lost many men to the sweaty nandu wells of the Los Angeles streets. The absurd hair and terrible music has been weighing heavily on my soul. Sometimes I wonder whether we might one day live in a society where human hands are not needed in the trenches. Local law enforcement is woefully inept, addicted as they are to their cigarettes and coffee. One soldier from our unit stands out to me though, though I cannot recall his name. I suspect he may have been a bounty hunter previous to this engagement. His tenacity and resilience makes him seem almost inhuman. He speaks infrequently and briefly when he does speak, but his thick European accent is somehow reassuring, like being comforted by a legendary bodybuilder. His impersonations are absolutely impeccable and provide much needed relief to the men during supper time. He is utterly convinced that the elimination of a single enemy combatant will end the conflict. Day after day he sets off on his own, armed to the teeth. I was worried that it would be the last I see of him. But every day he assures me that he'll be back, and he always is. I haven't closed along with this myth- missive a rare bottle of 3 in 1 oil to soothe your aching joints. I hope to be reunited with you soon. Yours cordially, Robert Owen Bartholomew Oscar Trevantius. <laughs> so, Ashley, what movie did you I did watch? Really good. <laughs> oh, hmm. uh, well, it's definitely a Terminator movie, but if you, if you want to get more specific, I want to say that's um, Salvation, the, the third one. 
Or is that, I, uh... Is that... I, I would assume that, that might be the first one. Oh, no, third one's Rise of the Machines, excuse me. It was indeed the first one. I wrote this right after uh, we watched the first Terminator. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, Robert Owens Bartholomew Oscar Cavantius spells out... Robert Owens Raw... Robert Owens Bartholomew Oscar Cavantius. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I figured about halfway when I said legendary bodybuilder, especially because we've already been talking about Terminator. Right, right. <laughs> what does it spell out? Robot. Oh, wow. <laughs> I thought that was fun. Nice. That was fun. That one was fun to write. He keeps assuring me he'll be back. I was like, that's good. I was like, I don't remember pretending in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. It was good. Nice. Uh, I'm getting better at those. Well done. That was, that was fun. <laughs> well done. So next time it will not be a Terminator movie. I'm gonna watch. I have. I have in mind what I'm gonna. What I'm gonna watch. Right. Um, for the next time. The Terminators but... is kind of uh, on topic today, right? Yeah. 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 So. Uh, so today we were going to do our special or uh, the very very special episode um yeah but unfortunately jason had to back out last minute so we, we all got together and we're like uh what do we do <laughs> so we're just gonna do another uh geeking outcast like what are we doing it's been a while it's been a while technically guess, yeah. even though the episodes came out more recently right, than right. they should have but technically we haven't done this since february it's been what i can't count geeking out six months yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, exactly six yeah. months. Yeah, it's been six, six months. months since our last geeking out cast. All right, yeah, yeah. So it's been a while. We're just gonna tell you what we've been doing over the last six months. Yeah. So Daniel, start us off. What kind of media you been into? Shoot. Well, we've been watching Terminator. So, That's so true. Greg and I have been kind of powering through all the Terminator movies. T one was fun. Although, so Terminator one, it really, got, you know, watching it, I was like, this really feels like a horror movie. It really it, is. It's. Um, it, I mean, it kind of like, I. I'm pretty sure it, it, it's it's in that genre. It's definitely, genre. It, it, if nothing else, it is horror adjacent. Because yeah. it, it definitely has like the beats of a horror movie. Because it's this, there's you know a, a vulnerable, more or less two like Reese is vulnerable as well. Like he's a soldier, but there's two people who are just being hunted by this absolutely unstoppable killing machine. It felt like I mean yeah, if, you put a, if you put a hockey mask on him, and it's it's well, very first of all, if you put a hockey mask on. Uh, on it's definitely on very Arnold, like it has the. It has the gore to it too, where you yeah. know it has those scenes that you can tell, especially at the time, people are just gonna be ooing too, you know. Yeah. Like, I mean, I remember my dad talking about the scenes where he's cutting his own eye open and oh, cutting yeah, his yeah. arm open to fix himself as being like these disgusting, grotesque scenes. And like that whole scene is very much like a horror. Like he's an animatronic, you could tell. Like like they're using an animatron. Um, for those scenes where he's doing that to himself and he's cutting himself open there's blood everywhere and it's jibbering into the sink and it's like My the music God. is just dun 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 and so like you can like things like that really scream okay well this is just I mean it's it's elongating a scene like this which it's it's I mean it's an amazing movie because one it's communicating a lot in that scene right it's not just like hey we're gonna show you gore because we want it to but you can definitely tell that like they weren't shying away from that. They were leaning into it and saying this is going to be really creepy and menacing. The fact that this guy is just, he feels no pain. Here he is digging into his own skin, working on himself. Yeah. And then T2, which was also very, very good, yes. was definitely more of an action movie. I mean, it, that's kind of like James Cameron's bent with his, uh, yeah. if he gets a, a shot at a sequel. Um, I mean, because he did basically well, the same I thought thing it was, Aliens. I thought it was much yeah, right? sooner. It was almost 10 years later. That T2. Yeah, uh, so, that's whoops, true. Yeah. Sorry, because T1 was 85 or 84, 85, and 84, T2 was 94 or 95. Uh, um, uh, no, so. no, no. Um, uh, T2 was like 92, I think. Oh, yeah. T3 was the one that came soon after, yeah. and you can tell. But, the, uh, 
but to talk, so I'm gonna jump in in a lot of these just because I've also yeah, been, yeah, we've yeah, been geeking yeah. out yeah, the yeah. same exact no thing. Problem. This is Terminator, so no we'll, 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 me and Nathaniel so, might be doing some so back and forth we'll, here. I, I don't want to go like super super into it because I want to. I, I think we should do just like a Terminator day. Uh, just that would like be really fun. On Terminator. T uh, two um, was ninety one. I'm sorry. Okay, yeah, and then T three was ninety four, ninety five, mm-hmm. and then they waited a whole ten years before Salvation, and that was really bad. So Salvation Wait, no, was no, just, no, you're missing T three. T three was ninety four. Oh, okay, sorry. Um, T T three. I just want to. So it's it, like this really weird scene because it's like a female Terminator, right? And there's a really weird scene where she gets the car and she looks up and she sees like a Victoria's Secret monologue where it's like sexy. And, and so she's like, ooh, and then makes her boobs bigger. Yeah, her boobs. And inflate. that literally has no impact on anything. <laughs> like, like, you like, think. Does it, you're, you're like, oh, she's about to seduce she's this about officer. To sedu- she's yeah. just, and she's like, no, she just kills him. And then it literally doesn't play into that any entire movie. That entire movie is. It killed the franchise for a long time. I mean, that yeah, was a bad years. It was a bad, bad movie. Uh, I, to be honest, my memory was that T one, T two, classics, excellent, and then T three kind of started to drop off. T three was two thousand three. Yeah, T three was two thousand three. Yeah, yeah, that was way later. T three oh, was was a cringe, cringeworthy. It's just you can just okay. tell when, when Arnold's the best actor in your movie, you got problems. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's it's just like the you can definitely tell a movie is just trying to get to where it wants to get when coincidence is its main method to move along the characters <laughs> it's like oh he happened to be robbing the store and it happened to be the girl that he made out with in high school who is also who arnold schwarzenegger is looking for and who he like it was just this you're sitting there like what did i just witness did i wish <laughs> witness like the most amazing miraculous coincidence of all time like like that's how and i mean things like that just kept happening it was like oh we can just grab this thing because it just drove up. It's like if that thing didn't drive up, the movie ends, and like that's the only reason it drove up. And so like I, it started just getting so heavy in that man. Just like I mean the the <laughs> so like there's the part where so the the, the in T three the Terminator is a, a girl, and she can kind of shape shift like like the guy from T two, but she has an exoskeleton. I mean, she's almost yeah, she's like a mixture between the T one thousand. Yeah, she's a mixture between the, the two and. And my first thought With when I was watching, yeah, was like, okay, that's kind of stupid because they're like, we just need to make a new model. Let's just right. combine the two. There's right. really no advantage. But then, you know, they give her this this hand that can morph into an actual, you know, ray gun. And I'm like, okay, well, well this this adds an element of like, this is why it's more advanced than the other two. Like, okay, and and this is why she needs the exoskeleton and the the you know the gelatin, whatever the, the the liquid metal on the outside. But there's a scene where she's impersonating the, the girl she's trying to find a fiance and so she's riding with a couple cops to go find this girl and as soon as she finds out oh this is where she is and she's like okay well i don't care if they know who i am now she like has this iconic scene where she like reaches through the chair and it's through the guy's the chest car. and grabs grabs the wheel and you're like oh th- this is a very interesting like dark way to show her taking over the car and she kills the other guy you know like shooting him or something but then she starts driving the car and it's like well you don't have access to the pedals so then what was brought up was oh well she can control vehicles like she that's one of her powers i'm like well then why did she need to grab the wheel why is she steering <laughs> like well it, counts. It, it doesn't make sense it's it just like there's just there were so many moments like that where it was like you're clearly just doing this because it's the cool thing to see. Yeah, there there like, were many moments so where Greg many... and I were like, "Why did that happen?" It, because that was the cool shot. Yeah, it, it, like it, it just it was just absurd, and I'm like, "Oh man, the first two were so clever." Like, yeah. and that's the problem is is it turns into 
Well, that was kind of fun, I guess. From wow, this franchise is brilliant. I mean, because yeah. one and two are are excellent. Yeah, super yeah. good. Sorry, the, continue, Nathaniel. No, no, you. I, yeah, I I think I don't want to. I don't want to say too much more on it because uh, well, first of all, we need to watch Genesis and Dark Fate. Well, we didn't talk much about what well, we we watched the new the um, Salvation. Salvation. The Salvation's weird because it's technically a prequel, even though it takes it's the furthest Salvation future one. Weird. Uh, you but get to it, do that kind of thing with time jumping movies. Yeah, but it because it it it, it very much suffers from sequel syndrome because you're like unless they're radically changing the timeline, we know what's going to happen. We know Kyle Reese is going to survive. Mm-hmm. We know John Connor is going to survive, and those are really the only two people who have stakes in the movie. So there weren't any stakes in the movie. It's just like, well, how did they get to that point? And I mean. It was fine. It wasn't terrible, but like I, I, it wasn't great. To, to me, it made it, they were just a gleaning. So, just to give you some, okay. So, so the premise of this one is that it's obviously it's this prequel. It's a sequel prequel. You know, it's finally we're getting to the point in the future where John Connor is having to send his father back in time to meet his mother so that he can be born. Yes, okay, time travel. You are your own grandfather. Oh <laughs> um, <laughs> dear. And and so, but there's they add a new new element. Okay, so there's this there's this Terminator who is a mixture. He's not just he's not just skin and tissue over an exoskeleton. He's an actual. He cyborg. is an actual human that just has that's just being controlled by machines. Like he has machine parts on his inside, but he has a human heart. He has all these other human parts, but he's he's also got a chip in the back of his head that's secretly controlling his actions and stuff. Kind of bizarre and weird. But then it comes to this point where at the end of the movie. <laughs> spoiler alert sorry i mean it's not really even worth you know getting spoiled don't go watch it um <laughs> he, he meets i guess he's talking to skynet itself i guess like you know this main machine that then explains the entire evil master plan to him for no reason <laughs> it's literally it's like just, it's, it's like, literally like because the, the whole thing has been oh you know skynet is is way advanced and so doing all these things to kill people and then Salvation is like Skynet's like, well, we suck at killing humans apparently, so uh, we made we needed a human to kill a human, and so we made you and only one of you for some reason. And and, 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 and it, but but it was also like we used you to lure John Connor here instead of just having you kill him yeah, when you ex- met him. Exactly, like like so many opportunities for him to actually kill John Connor, and instead they're like, you did exactly what we wanted. You brought John Connor to us so that we can, and then they don't kill him. <laughs> also, <laughs> also, it implies that the Terminators, that the Sky, Skynet knows that Kyle Reese is John Connor's father because Kyle Reese is higher on the kill list. But at that point, only John Connor knows that. Yeah, I was confused about that too because also, did you understand the beginning where there's the woman and she's wanting to put him into the procedure like prior to Judgment Day and all that stuff? Like, like the very first scene. Was that who was she a machine? Was she I no 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 no. So the 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 the, the Skynet explained it used that face because it calculated that 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 no uh, no no. no but I mean the real oh, girl back in the time. I th- I don't know. They were like donating. I, that was super unclear. Like oh, I mean it went over to some cyberdyne genetic thing. But how does that explain how he became a Terminator? No idea. Right. I mean, well, she must have. And his heart was so strong. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> He's got a really strong heart. Look at that thing. I'm like, really? Is that what we're saying right now? Like, need your heart, your boots. And motor- <laughs> we were we were watching uh, T3. We were hoping that when uh, when the TX goes over to the car, we we're hoping that she just like walks up to the woman and just, and just goes, "I need your clothes, your boots." And she like, starts talking like Arnold. That would have been hilarious. <laughs> there were so many, like T3. So, once we got to T3, it was kind of like T1 a and T2. We're just watching like, yeah. 
as soon as we got to T3, we just start taking the piss out of the movie. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, how you yeah. know the, the quality's gone. We're no longer enraptured watching this movie to enjoy it. Yeah. We're just like, haha. And uh, the one moment in Salvation that both Greg and I were like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> um, was uh, <laughs> it's when uh, they capture Marcus, the, the, the T8. Eight hundred or whatever, oh, whatever. The, the the prototype prototype Terminator, Terminator guy, um, and they're torturing him and getting information and fucking John Connor, and he says, "If I wanted to kill you, I would have killed you in L.A." But it must have been like overdub or something because he just completely drops his American accent. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> like if I wanted to kill you, I would have done it in L.A. I would have God bless the king. <laughs> like, and, like you're like, uh, we, we, like we both looked at each we other like instantly looked at each other. It wasn't even just the like, hey, I heard this scene. It was it just like it caught us out of what we might have even been talking. I mean, it was. It was so egregious that we both we, Well, stopped. we immediately just started making like, Blimey! Yeah. Blimey! Oh, like, my God! We were like, that was so... Like, he might as well have just been like, put some shrimp in a bobby like, in the middle of his con. Because it just ripped you out of the... You were just like, he's in there and he's like, I didn't kill I didn't kill Kyle Reese. And he's like, if I wanted to, I would have done, done it in L.A. And I was like, wait, like, what? Uh... <laughs> I'm like, did he just get zapped and then like his mechanic system just turned him into a different nationality or something? Like, it was, yeah, it was definitely weird. But yeah, definitely been geeking out on uh, Terminator. So yeah, it's, it's fun. It's, fun. And it's been fun. And, and you know, the good part about watching bad movies is if you're doing it with friends, it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> because you right. guys can just sit there. And... Yeah, so we've just been going over to Greg's garage, smoking cigars, and which is appropriate because we're watching an Arnold movie. Yes. Right. Stogies. Uh, we got a stogie. Yeah. Uh, I'm definitely going to put that uh, from Double Brutal with uh, Arnold as possibly the other Arnold. Like, <laughs> of course I sound older than you, you idiot. I'm 62 years old and totally angry. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely going to be the... Uh, uh, should I save that for Terminator development? An actual Terminator? But nah, I'm going to use it now. <laughs> I can reuse it. I don't care. <laughs> So good. Yeah, that's what we've been thinking about. What are you actually? <laughs> oh, okay. So I've hang got. On, hang on, I gotta, I gotta set you up. You may fire when ready. All right, all right. So while we're on the same vein as movies, I've been geeking out about going to the movies. Hey. Uh, I've actually been able to go see movies in the theater somewhat recently. It's been very exciting. Is this gun? <laughs> in some places, no. <laughs> but here in the great state of North Carolina, you can go to the movie theater. Just a few things uh, I've seen recently. Uh, so, uh, full disclosure, I have an AMC A-list subscription, so I can see... That is an AMC B-list subscription. Right, right. Where they only let you see Terminator Salvation. <laughs> <laughs> like, we have a couple really crappy movies coming out if you want to see those. Here, would you like to watch Terminator Genesis? It somehow manages to be worse than the other two sequels. <laughs> That one, I have no spoilers. We're, yeah, we're no, there. no spoilers. Oh, but... that was another thing that was so funny. We're yeah. watching. Was it Terminator Two? I think it was. Was it one or two? Oh, it was two. We were watching Terminator I'm so Two, sorry. and Greg keeps Keep <laughs> I calling almost, out. I was not mad. I know, it was just I know. so funny. Greg keeps calling out the story beats like before they happen. He's like, and here's where he busts through the window, and he's, and he's and, like quoting lines. I'm like, Greg, you know I've never seen this movie before, and he's like, what? <laughs> I totally forgot. That's why we were watching Terminator. And I'm just like, no, I'm so sorry. It's oh, totally no. fine because I do the same thing when I watch like Scott Pilgrim. I'm like quoting every line and doing the actions beforehand. And we we went and saw the tenth. 10th anniversary Scott Pilgrim in theaters and Ethan looks at me and is like don't do that and I was like oh I'm gonna do it anyways um, and the best part was 
everyone in the theater was doing it. So, and, and the best part was, I look over and Ethan's doing it too. And I was like, "Come on, son, this is the 10th anniversary." There's the, the seats were like way bracketed so that you could not see or hear anyone from other rows. Uh-huh. It was super loud because it was the, the it was um the Dolby one. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I was, love the Dolby. It, it was weird though because it made the violence feel much more visceral. Because every time someone got punched, your chair goes, and you're like, "That person's dead. Yeah. He's dead now." And he, like he got he got lightly slapped and he's dead. <laughs> yeah, that's because in the Dolby theater, the speakers are also not they're just around seats, you, yeah. but they're in they're the, the seats. seats. But it was incredible. It was it was a lot of fun. But yeah. but yeah. Uh, so I do the same things. I, I wasn't. I was not mad. It was just very mm. funny. <laughs> it, was funny. it was funny. So speaking of uh, plus, see, it's like it's not a movie that came out last year. It's a movie that came out in nine, in the nineties. So two thousand nine. Terminator two. Oh, Terminator, oh, Terminator two. two. I'm sorry. 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 I thought you were talking about uh, Scott, Scott Bellum. No. Still, I was like, do you know when that came out? <laughs> <laughs> I went to the midnight premiere. <laughs> anyway, yeah, but speaking of the Dolby Theater, I actually have now seen Candyman twice in the Dolby Theater. That okay. was awesome. So this is the... Uh, the um, Soft reboot? Uh, Recontinuation? It's, it's more like a spiritual sequel to the original film. A spiritual sequel? Yeah, so... so um, Greg, have you seen uh, Halloween 2018? Did we watch that as one of the ones she gave us? I watched watch? it. I say Nathaniel watched it. If it was you were not I, on I, that. I think it was the horror cast where you watched five movies. I don't think you were part of that. Yeah, okay. so I, I just didn't know if you if you had seen that. No, probably not. So, pretty good. So I watched the one Halloween with you. Where, yeah, the first one. Yeah, yeah, we watched the first Kevin one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we got him on too. <laughs> So, uh, anyway, uh, Halloween 2018 does this thing where um, it's it's a sequel to the original Halloween film. And uh, so it doesn't take into account any of the other Halloween movies, of which there are many. Um, but one of the things I thought was really interesting about it, as someone who had watched all of the <laughs> Halloween sequels, is that it takes, um, well, uh, it, it takes, like, visual cues from, from all of those movies mm-hmm. um, while simultaneously ignoring all of their content. Um, <laughs> Wait, I have, uh, by me again. <laughs> so, uh, Halloween 2018, um, it takes lots of visual cues from Halloween 2 through... So it's like callbacks, but not actual right, connectivity. Right, right, So, like, in Halloween 3, one the big thing is, uh, these, these Halloween masks. Mm. Um, and so in Halloween 2018, you see kids wearing these sil- silver shamrock Halloween masks. Um... And then they all turn into bugs. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Um, anyway, so that, that's that's just like one thing. So I say all that because Candyman um, does something similar. So this is uh, directed by Nia DaCosta, who is directing Captain Marvel 2. Very excited about that, especially after uh, seeing this excuse film. Excuse me. It's The Marvels now. Oh, that's right. The Marvels. You're right. Sorry. The Marvels. She's directing The Marvels, a.k.a. Because Captain Marvel. Because Brie Larson cannot carry a movie by herself. <laughs> Oh, Brie. Well, well, and and then Tiana Paris was also in this. Uh, That's is that Monica? Uh, yes. Um, Rambo. Uh, Monica Rambo, the photon. Okay. Um, Tiana Paris was also in Candyman. This also has uh, Yaya Abdul-Mateen second, uh, who was uh, in Watchmen. If y'all have watched the uh, HBO Watchmen series, nope, not yet. No. Best thing I watched last year. Go watch it. Okay. Um, and I can't Check. say anything else about it because he's great in that. So, um, anyway. Really solid cast. Nia DaCosta's directorial style is really cool. Um, just really enjoyed like uh, cinematography choices that she made with the film. She got good performances out of everybody. Just the way they difficult to 
talk about the movie without talking about the movie. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but uh, what what I liked about it was that they, they did make did that same thing kind of like Halloween 2018 did, where it, it did make some references to uh, Candyman 2 and Candyman 3, which I have seen and are not super great. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it did make some of those um, excuse me uh, references uh, to those films just in passing. But uh, what I, I I like about the the film is that it takes the idea of how does a, a legend or a tall tale get passed down and change and uh, modify over time? Like, take you take threads of the original story. This is very much like a Tolkien idea of, like, the cauldron of stories, mm. something that he mm. references in his essay on fairy stories. It, it takes that same kind of principle and um, does, like, a, a fresh take on, on the, uh, the Candyman legend, but also takes into account the original. So it, it does twist that just and a little bit. And it has bit. the original Candyman in uh, Tony Todd is in yeah. the film, and that's all I'll say about that. <laughs> um, anyway, would recommend. I've seen it twice now. I've enjoyed it and appreciated it more uh, with every viewing. Lots of cool visual stuff, so um, would recommend checking that out. You know uh, Tony Todd is in um, Final Destination? No, because I've never seen those movies. No, I mean they're they're not good. So like, I don't know <laughs> I, um, I binged those a little. Uh, they like, get like worse and worse. And it becomes ago. about how how can we be kind of like the saw. It's like how can we be inventive in murdering people? Mm. Well, that's, that's, like, that's what it was about from the beginning. <laughs> oh, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> mm-hmm. the, but the, the first one is like a little different because like the guy slips and chokes, and then the blood like death like cleans up the crime scene. But Tony Todd shows up and he's like this mysterious character who just happens to know about what's going on and like mm-hmm. tells him like you evaded fate. <laughs> oh my god, that's the guy you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's he's yeah he's the worst. Just part like of this those mysterious movies. person, literally just like pops out of nowhere and is like you evaded fate, y'all gonna die, and then yeah. disappears. He's like you guys were supposed to. Die. Like, what do you want them to do now, dude? <laughs> like, he's just like I wouldn't do that. Well, you wouldn't do what? Try, like, try to live. Like, right, yeah. what, what is the point of this Come movie? With me if you want to live. That was another thing that uh, salvation had all the quote-unquote famous lines, oh, God, but they were said, it, they were delivered horribly by the worst people. So it's like little baby Kyrie's like, come with me if you want to live. Huh? Oh, and they're like, no. Do better. Do better. To quote Falcon, or uh, Captain America now, do better. Because that always, you know, those two words just fix so many problems. That's a... But uh, one one other thing I will say about Candyman. So this was co-written uh, not only by Nia DaCosta, but uh, Wynn Rosenfeld and Jordan Peele. One of the things I really appreciate about Jordan Peele's work is that he tells stories not just to scare me or freak me out, uh, but he tell he does he tells stories that make me think. And so there's a lot of interesting social questions um, asked within the film, and I I, I just I really. The, the questions that it makes me ask are, what do you do when justice is not served? Um, I think three billboards out of Ebbing, Missouri, uh, outside of Ebbing, Missouri, asked that same question. Um, the Invisible Man uh, with, um, shoot, what is her name? I really like her. Elizabeth Moss um, asked that same question as well. Uh, so it was really neat to have that question framed within the Candyman story. So mm. would would definitely recommend that. The other film I've seen recently that I really enjoyed was A24's uh, Dark Take on the Green Knight, um, which uh, for those uninitiated is based on the medieval poem Sir Gowan and the Green Knight, which is an Arthur story. This has a really great cast. Dev Patel is the lead as uh, Sir Gowan. You've got some Game of Thrones alums. You've got uh, Kate Dickey as the queen. Uh, she was uh, Lysa Aaron in Game of Thrones. 
Um, she's also in. Uh, she's also the mom in the witch. Uh, you mean the Vivitch? The Vivitch. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, and, when you say the witch, uh-huh. my brain doesn't think of the Vivitch movie. <laughs> so I have, that's I'm always clarifying. <laughs> um, and then uh, Ralph Ennison is the Green Knight. He was also Ralph Waldo Emerson. No. How did this happen? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, visually stunning film. I've only gotten to watch it once, but I immediately wanted to watch it again just because it was so visually striking. Um, it is a longer film, um, but I think it's worth your time. I really want to see A24 do more like dark fantasy films now. Who is A24? Uh, A24 are the people who uh, put out Ari Aster's really wonderful and so it's, uh, terrifying. Uh, yeah, um, re- really terrifying uh, horror movies like uh, Hereditary and Midsommar. They also put out uh, really cool dramas uh, like The Farewell uh, with uh, Aquafina. So this is my first time seeing a dark fantasy film that they've done, and I've been really impressed. Did you uh, did you see Ari Aster's film about a cursed bra that is passed down from generation to generation? No. Hereditary. <laughs> wow, that was a joke. That you go made. jump on that trash can over there. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Hereditary. <laughs> about a cursed bra. Well, no. <laughs> So, Gwendolyn Christie was in a movie a couple of years ago called In Fabric, which is basically the sisterhood of the traveling evil dress. <laughs> so, I'm like, so I'm it's not that the sequel. Okay. If they made a horror movie about a sentient tire that rolls around and kills people, they will make a movie about a cursed bra. <laughs> Ari Aster, you just have to credit me. Uh, it, you, know, you, you have the rights to that movie. All you got to do is credit from Nathaniel Levin, from the brain of Nathaniel Levinson on the title card. That's all I need. <laughs> and uh, subscribe to the Kitchen Chemist. And <laughs> listen to Dearly Debate. Clearly, <laughs> everyone knows. Uh, you know, of our six billion listeners, uh-huh. Ari Aster has to be one statistically. Yeah. I, I, you know, I hope so. I've name dropped him a few times because <laughs> I really love his work, even if I can't watch any of his movies more than once. <laughs> um, so, uh, other movie stuff I'm kind of geeking out about um, the Airsley Grand, which is the local independent theater here in Charlotte, North Carolina. They just uh, announced their films for the uh, retro horror, which is how I've actually seen a lot of the horror movies that I really love. Um, so, they just announced those. Those are going to be uh, from October 1st through November 4th. You get two retro horror films a week, uh, but they're playing a lot of my favorites. Uh, they've got Lost Boys, Jaws, Halloween, and Halloween 2. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Evil Dead 2, Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, Psycho, and The Shining. So that is coming up in the month of October. Wait, wait, wait. I actually still have this on here. I came for you. Beautiful. Ah, too late. Beautiful. Uh, wow. And then next month, Halloween Kills is coming out. I'm so excited. Oh, that's, is that a sequel to Halloween 2018? Like uh, it, it is. Sequel? It is a direct sequel to Halloween 2018. There's going to be one more. So I'm really hype about that. Uh, every time Wait, I... One more after Halloween Kills. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it, uh, after uh, or before Candyman now, they, they've they run the trailer for Halloween Kills. And I just squee the whole time because <laughs> I'm so excited about it. I love, love, love Jamie, Jamie Lee Curtis. She's my favorite scream, scream queen. So really excited to see her as uh, Laurie Strode again. One other thing I'll say about Candyman is I actually, um, I'm on another podcast network. Not cheating on you guys, I'm sorry. No. <laughs> um, but I am now uh, one of the hosts in the pool of at the We Made This podcast network. But I um, was on an episode of Real Talk, which just dropped today um, as uh, at the time of recording. 
um, about Candyman. So if you want to hear more about Candyman, if you've seen it, you want to hear a little more in-depth discussion, uh, I, I joined uh, Dan Owen on that podcast, and uh, Dan disagrees with me about Candyman, so we had a really fun conversation. It was great. Oh, um, <laughs> always the best. <laughs> always the best. So, but it, it did. It really uh, provoked uh, some good discussion. So, uh, definitely think it's worth checking out. So, go into the movies. That's what I'm geeking out about lately. Nice. Well, I guess I mentioned some of you know what I've been doing with a. Uh, you know, with watching the Terminators with Nathaniel lately. But let's see. Let me think about some other things. So I, I've been video games. Let me think. So I, I saw what you were playing when I came over last night. That's right. That's what I'm about to get into. Um, so yeah, if you want me to keep this up for you? I got you. I got you. Okay, so for for life event updates, and well, most of you know that when I play video games, I mostly just play more retro video games. Um, but as far as life events. Uh, my house was flooded the other day, <laughs> and so I don't have a living room. Like it's it's not there anymore. No living room, and and so, but good good thing for me. And you know, um, some of my friends disagree with this decision, but my garage is kind of like a man cave. So it, I I think if you want to go back to the flooding story. I think people want to know how did this happen. Uh, <laughs> Okay, so my washer and dryer are upstairs. I had a guy come look at my washing machine, and he left the hose detached. So the next time I ran the washing machine... Oh, I sorry, wrong. <laughs> yeah, it, it was not good. It was just water pouring out of my ceiling downstairs and flooded the upstairs hallway. Anyways, Pretty so, <laughs> so I, I, my garage is now my backup living room. I've got you know a fan in there, a couple couches, a carpet, TV, um, an N64, and a couple other systems hooked up to it. And so... Yeah, that's where I've been spending the majority of my time. The bonus about that is when you're watching or playing things, you can smoke cigars. Me and Nathaniel have been talking about that's what we do for Terminators. Mm -hmm. But as far as gaming, um, I pretty much have like a PlayStation 3 (laughs) and a Nintendo 64. So I'll I'll just go out there and I was like, okay, well, I, you know, there's not a whole lot going on in my house. It's pretty empty. So I was just like, okay, I'm bored. Like, let's just get into one of these. And I pull out Donkey Kong 64. This is the first. This is the first console video game I ever owned. There were some PC games way back in the day. There was a PC game called Pod, which is a, which <laughs> is we talked about. This yeah, yeah, it, it's game it's fast. a yeah, it's a car it's a, racing game like it's, from the future. Yeah, you know, it's it's you know, it was crap, and I was too young to be any good at it. Um, but Donkey Kong sixty four was the four was the first game we got when we got our Nintendo sixty four was the first console. So. It, you know, it has a special place in my heart. I mean, I can remember just the world feeling so big, you know, because I mean, it is a, it's a decently vast, you know, world they created. It gets ragged on because it's got tons of glitches. I found none of these as a kid. <laughs> like, I had no idea that this game was so broken. And even now, I think I'm just bad at finding these holes. Like, if you swim <laughs> into this wall, you just pass through to, like, the last level and the game is over. And so, like, I, I'm whatever. I just like playing the game regular. But I plug it in. And I'm sitting pretty at like 189 golden bananas. And you need to get to 201 golden bananas to have like completed 100%. And, uh, and the game actually gets up to 101%. <laughs> just, to, just to be stupid, I don't know. 100% completion. You keep using the word. I don't think it means what you think it means. And so, anyways. So I've had a pretty fun time getting back on there and... Beating a few levels, finding some more gold bananas I haven't found in a while. And I'm up to like 196 now. So I got about five more golden bananas to get to. And then I'm going to beat the last boss and I'll be done with that. But Donkey Kong 64 is a, it's a fun one. It's a fun game. I really like it, even though it gets crapped on for just being super glitchy and stuff. But I've had a good time 
playing DK64. Mm-hmm. The music is great. I souped up my outside TV with a booming sound system, thanks to your boy Nathaniel. And uh, and so it's fun playing there with good music, mm-hmm. good DK64 mm-hmm. music. So. Uh, this is exactly every time you turn on the game this is what it sounds like it's so good and then the DK rap here we go Greg were a basketball player or not a, a baseball player that would be his life walk on music every time he comes on the bat or he was a wrestler together if you wanna clap as I mean I can sing this whole song DK Donkey Kong You know him Okay I can literally go this whole song so we I don't know if our readers would our readers our listeners would find that appealing Now both of you jump in the trash can. Does the term cruel and unusual punishment mean anything to you? Greg, right, but I actually, it's are funny. you trying to throw barrels at us? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good boy, son. I actually have, I, I have recorded, Greg didn't know, but I was actually there, and I have recorded audio of Greg's reaction to the water pouring down from the ceiling. How can you do this? This is outrageous. It's unfair. Does the term cruel and unusual punishment mean anything? He's gonna to keep you? going. I can't believe you've done this. It's incredibly disrespectful. We need to take that away. Wow, yeah. I, I really... Why? 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 Gotta change the pitches and the why. This is where everybody stops our podcast. Yeah. I don't believe you. Here, here you go, Craig. Why? 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 Um. But yeah, I I think Terminator has been the main things. There's a couple other things, but uh, but DK64 has been fun to kind of dust off and and get back in there. It's made me want to go back and play maybe some of my other um, Nintendo 64 games. Yeah, and just kind of yeah. you know, it's it just because there are always things that you never did. You know, like they, you you didn't have the capacity to to play video games like you do now, and you just never could get past certain parts. And like so, for, for instance, this this is an example for DK64. So. Uh, I know that like one of these er- like every level has this count of how many golden bananas are there and how many you've gotten, and I'm to the point where it's like the last level I'm missing a few, mm. but then there's one from like level three that I couldn't get, <laughs> and, and so I, I I literally I'm going back and I'm like man did I forget one and I go back and I and I find out where it is and I'm like oh it's this thing and so it's this weird it's this weird thing right so so it's whatever it's one of the Kongs it's one of his golden bananas. You get you swim into this giant metal fish and he, and he kind of swallows you. And inside of the fish, you have to shoot these three targets like several times before the time runs out. And and I'm doing it a few times and it is like it's like literally impossible. So I'm sitting there. I'm like, what in the world? And like I'm shooting them as soon as the propeller stops. Then you can shoot the targets. And I'm nailing it every single time. And there is just not enough time to beat this, this mini game. And so I look it up online, right? This is a real thing. And there's all of these YouTube videos about this particular golden banana. <laughs> and and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's not just me. So there's one guy who makes like a 30-minute video about this golden banana. And he's like, when I was a kid, you know, I beat the entire game and I had 200 golden bananas, but everybody knows that there's 201. 
And he's like, so I'm trying to figure out. Oh, yeah, everybody knows that. And and, and then so he's like, I go back to this level and he's like, same deal. He's like, I cannot beat it. So he's like, I'm talking in chat forms and and doing all these things. And basically what he found out was that people that were having trouble beating it were the ones that passed the level and then went back to collect all the golden bananas and they couldn't get it. And then some of the people said it was super easy. I beat it the first time I tried. And so he, because he realized, okay, the only people that are struggling with it are people that are coming back to play this level, then something must happen in the middle of the game. So halfway through the game, you get this scope for your gun, so you can actually aim. And so he's like, basically, when you put the scope on, the game lags. <laughs> and the <laughs> propeller spins slower, but the time still counts at the same speed. Oh, no. So literally, it doesn't, it doesn't give you enough cycles to, to actually beat it. So basically, what he what he what he found out, he's like, if you basically if you shoot, then you turn your scope off and you and like you you stop aiming and you let the propeller spin, and then once it stops, you aim again and you shoot. Then it's really easy. And I did it, and there was like there was like fifteen seconds left over. Like it was like it was plenty of time. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this game! Oh. Like I literally would have never beaten it if, if it wasn't for the internet. Beautiful like, optimizations. You gotta love it. You gotta love it. DK64. I've told the story about playing, uh, watch my friend play up from across the street play DK64 on a screen the size of a uh, smartphone that was black and white. Wow. <laughs> and you're like, that pixel is Donkey Kong, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so I I finished the uh, the Deus Ex series. So because when we talked about uh, video games, I had just uh, I had played all all of the Max Pains, and I was playing through um, Deus Ex. And I played the, the two new ones. The two new ones were way easier than the, the than the original. Because uh, I just put my skill into turning invisible. And then it's like, oh, I can't walk silently? It doesn't matter. They can't see me. <laughs> just literally <laughs> just turn invisible and walk past all the bad guys. So <laughs> and the, so the second one was easy. And the third one was even easier. That's because the they made, they made the, what, what happened was they made the, um, the stealth option, like the stun gun, they made it way better. And so I just, I didn't kill a single person. I just loaded up a stun gun ammo and just ran around and boop, 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 boop. Like super, super easy game. I absolutely, absolutely trashed it. The only problem was like in the middle game, you have to fight a bunch of bosses. And I had, I had no points in, in, in regular guns. Like stun gun's not going to help against this guy who looks like a roided out Terminator <laughs> with a grenade launcher. And I'm in this little room like with this, you know, pea shooter like, it's not working! <laughs> so, but those were fun. Uh, I finished the Mieslip. And I started playing this game. Really interesting game. I think both of you would... Uh, Greg, you might have a little bit of, a little bit of trouble with it, because it's, it's a lot of reading, but you can, but, but you can listen <laughs> to the dialogue. Almost all the dialogue lines are spoken. Um, actually, I think you would enjoy it a lot. It's, it's, a, it's basically a point-and-click adventure game. Cool. And the premise is, you are a detective, you're a police officer, and you wake up, and you went on a bender... And you've forgotten the last three days. It's completely erased from your memory, and you're trying to solve this murder. And so, um, some guy from another precinct, because there's like overlap in the precinct, um, comes over and uh, is your is your partner. So you're trying to not only solve the murder, but also piece together like what the heck happened to you over the last three days, because mm-hmm. you can't remember anything. <laughs> oh my! My uh, computer's taking off. Lovely. It's got a lot of love. Wind you do the chopper. You do the chopper. <laughs> my computer. I need, I need your computer, computer yeah. your headphones, yeah. and, and your microphone. Hey, I, just, I don't know why I did that because I, I haven't touched anything. So oh, this computer needs a new fan. It's like randomly spun up. <laughs> Get the fan. Put it in the computer. Computer nine millimeter. Um, 
Oh, if we do the Terminator cast, we gotta all do <laughs> Arnie voices the whole time. Oh my <laughs> people, no. people would last about three minutes. Yeah, and they they're just like, the okay, we're then they're weak. Um. But yeah, so 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 the the whole way the game works is you basically you put points in four different things, right? And those determine um, like each each stat determines five skills. And so everything in the game is like a skill check. Well, almost everything in the game is a skill check, where it rolls dice two d six basically, and it, it checks it against you know the various levels, right? And it adds your bonus to it. And so if you roll a two, that's you automatically fail no matter what. If you roll a twelve, you automatically succeed no matter what. And it tells you your like your chances of succeeding. Um, and there are white checks where if you fail it, you can come back to it after you've done something. And if it's a red check and you fail it, you can't you can't try it again. Um, I definitely did some saves coming because I was like, no, this is a garbage outcome. But it lets you do some of the most ridiculous things. I got I got a uh, an achievement because every time I would talk to someone new, it gave me the option to introduce myself as I am the law. <laughs> and so, of course, I'm like, well, yeah, I'm going to click on that. And my partner's like, you know, you don't need to introduce yourself like that. And I'm like, but I am the law. <laughs> so I was like, hello? I am the law. <laughs> so, so <laughs> it's... It's just really brilliant. It's really fun, and you have all these options. And I, I died a lot because I put all my points into. I was like, I'm just gonna be a beefcake. So put all my points into the physical stats. Well, you have health, and you also have like basically like your willpower. And so I had one willpower because I didn't put any points in that. And so if anything happened, morale. If anything happened that hurt my morale, I would instantly just retire and end the game. <laughs> so I had to like. That's one of the reasons I had to save scum. So I was constantly saving because I would accidentally do something like, oh, I slipped on a banana peel. I'm like, I'm a terrible cop, and then run away forever. Like, okay, come on, guy, grow up. But it was uh, <laughs> it's just really fun game, and it's just like so intricate. And it's like I want to play through it again as a character who's like all brain and see how that plays out. It was just it, it's just really, really, really interesting. There were times where I would get stuck and like I'm not sure what I what I'm supposed to do to advance the to advance the plot. But there was uh, you know I ended up. <laughs> ended up uh, singing karaoke for everyone, and you have this internal—it's called the ancient lizard god. It's—it's it's your internal monologue, mm-hmm. and it's constantly telling you things. It's—it's it's really, really interesting. The dialogue is very well written, um, and the voice acting is top notch. It's—it's just really cool. It's really fun. The only thing I—the I, only complaint I have about it is—and I'm not, not sure if this changes—but it's a whodunit that you actually can't solve. So it's one of those whodunits where the actual person who done it was someone who you don't find until the very, very end. Mm-hmm. Um, like an unintroduced character. So it's like not actually kinda like kinda like Friday the thirteenth. Where it's kinda ah, like this who done it, yeah. but it's it's actually Jason Voorhees's spoilers. <laughs> it's actually Jason Voorhees' mom who is mentioned once but never shown on screen until you find out it's her. So it it, it is that kind of who done it. But I mean it, it's worth playing the game just to just to, you know, see yeah. to, see because I mean, at, at some level, it doesn't matter like who done it. You're just kind of, you're just kind of picking the dialogue options, going through the motions. And, but it's <laughs> the ending was really, really interesting. It was super fun. It was super fun. And you find so, I don't, I don't want to spoil anything. I don't want to spoil anything. But there are moments where uh, where you find out some of the things you did while you were absolutely wasted, and it's hilarious. <laughs> And also, you get to you get to like choose whether you're an ultra capitalist or a communist. So, like, based on your dialogue options, <laughs> you can like pick your you can pick a communist option or you can pick a hyper capitalist option. It's really fun. Like that, it's just like absolutely labyrinthine mm-hmm. dialogue options, and it's 
really, really, really fun. All right. And I, so yeah, I would, I would definitely. That, that's one thing I super geeked out about. That <laughs> was Disco Elysium. I played a ton of it. So I, I even, I went to. Uh, I mean, it was, it was super fun too because I could just play it for an hour and then save it and turn it off. So it's, it's basically a choose your own adventure. My turn. Yeah, go for it. Okay. So one of the other things I've been geeking out about are uh, comic books. Um, you mean the Demolition Man comic book he gave me? It's uh, wonderful. No, no, not that one. I, 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 I'm keeping my eyes open for the other parts, by I was going to say, I need one, two, and four and five. <laughs> <laughs> how, how many parts? Wait, wait, wait. I think it's five parts. I thought it was only four. Oh, well, maybe it's just four parts. Okay. Well, either, way, either way. I, I have part three. One, two, and four. <laughs> one, <Yeah>. two, and four. <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, so, uh, Free Comic Book Day was uh, August 14th this year. It's you know, a bit later than, uh, than normal. It's normally first uh, Saturday in May, but... Um, I was able to go hit up um, my favorite local comic book shop, Rebel Base Comics, um, and uh, he pulls out the bargain bins on uh, on Free Comic Book Day, which means Ashley stands outside under a tent and digs through like ten long boxes <laughs> of comics <laughs> and spends way too much money, even though they're bargain bin comics. Um, but one of the cool uh, things I found in the bargain bins this uh, Free Comic Book Day was a book called The Black Dragon. Uh, it was from uh, Mar- Marvel's Epic line. I was able to get all six parts of it. Um, and I had never really heard of the Marvel Epic line um, until uh, I, I uh, pulled out this comic. So I Googled it just to kind of see what it was. So this is, uh, it ran from 1982 to 1996. It's creator-owned stories, uh, so uh, published without the Comics Code Authority. So uh, I don't know how... So nudity... Uh, and swearing. Uh, yeah, and I didn't think about and that. And religious <laughs> imagery. Gas. <laughs> I, I didn't think about that and, until I started reading this. It's like, oh, this is like... There's a lot of penises in this uh, epic. <laughs> this is kind of like if Game of Thrones were, <laughs> were a comic book. Uh, except, you know, a little little less graphic and than that. And copious marijuana use. <laughs> but uh, any, anyway... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the, the whole like Marvel epic like that series, or you're just saying the the books? And no, you got? no, 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 no. The so Mar- Marvel epic was like an imprint of Marvel Comics um, mm-hmm. that ran from 1982 to 1996. This particular story only ran for six issues. It was a one-off thing, but it was by Chris Claremont, who's a big you know writer at Marvel, um, and uh, the art was by John Bolton. But uh, I'm halfway through it right now, and it's really good. It's a really interesting story. It's kind of like. Um, Kind of like a, uh, I mean, for lack of better terminology, it's like some King Arthur fan fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, but you That's know, like ninety percent of medieval fantasy. Well, <laughs> well, it kind of takes place in the same universe as Robin Hood, I guess. Is that is is better? Sorry, sorry, not Arthur, uh, Robin Hood. So, uh, but it's it's a pretty neat story. It's about like kind of this rogue knight who has these um, like really lucid dreams about a black dragon, and so. He's starting to discover, well, maybe there's more going on here than not. But uh, I'm I'm halfway through the first issue, and I'm like, oh, this is all right. It's kind of neat. Um, and like this, so this was published in 1984, I believe, or uh, no, 85, 85. So comics in the 80s had a lot more words in them than they do now. Um, so I'm reading this, and I'm, you know, it's take it's it's you know, it's longer than reading a comic book today. And I'm like, this is all right. And then all of a sudden, oh look. We have a Lady Warrior Knight in disguise. I was like, "There's my girl!" So <laughs> I was really excited about that. Um, but it's it's been it's been pretty interesting so far. I'm looking forward to finishing. I might do that this afternoon. So that's one of the comics I've been geeking out about. As for current comics, um, I've been reading the Alien book I mentioned in our um, one of our Reco casts uh, somewhat recently. 
Um, so I just finished issue six of that, and one I'm really loving the art in this book. Like in, in my uh, uh, at my pull in my pull list at uh, Rebel Base, I asked them to, can you please put one of the variant covers, or like, can I get all the variant mm. covers with this too? Just because I just really love the art in this book. So now instead of picking up you know just one book <laughs> a month for that line, I'm getting like the the two variant covers as well. So I'm like. I just tripled my comic book uh, subscription, and I don't care because it's so good. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, I just finished issue number six, and um, at the end of the issue, it said, uh, end chapter one. I'm like, ooh. So they're, they're telling a really longer, a, a long, more overarching story with this, and I'm really excited about it. So um, the new Alien book uh, from Marvel is really good. Um, the other book I'm reading right now, and I think maybe the most recent issue just dropped somewhat recently, maybe last week, um, is uh, Avengers The Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Um, I started reading that book because they just started a uh, storyline called War World War She-Hulk. And y'all know She-Hulk's my gal. So, um, is this the, the, so that, is this a play on World War Hulk? Um, I think so. I didn't, honestly, I... I, I World I, War She-Hulk, she literally just takes the entire world to court and schools <laughs> them. <laughs> so, so the premise uh, of, of this is the, um, I'm, who are the Russian superheroes? Or, or uh, I guess... The commies? Yeah, well... <laughs> Wait, uh, Red, Stalin Man and, and Super Lenin? <laughs> Red Guardian, um, and, uh, some of the other, uh... I haven't seen Black Widow yet. Yeah, so. okay, okay. So, anyway, it's, it's those, that, those, those guys... They've kidnapped She-Hulk and brainwashed her and set her against the Avengers is basically what's happened here. Um, we're only, I think maybe part three has dropped now. That's going to be a six issue uh, run. So I'm really curious to see where this ends up. We'll see if I uh, keep reading the book after that. But this is like the first time I've read like current Marvel comics in like 15 years. Mm. So um, anyway, so that's, that's really fun. I'm excited to see... Where that goes, I'm curious to see if this is going to play into anything they do with the new show with Tatiana Maslany that's coming out next year. See if that plays into any of the MCU canon. So maybe it will because they picked a Russian actor <laughs> to, to, uh, to play She-Hulk. Tatiana, it's uh, very Eastern European name. I, I think she's actually Canadian. Sure, but that's a very Eastern. Tatiana oh, is a very Eastern European name. Mm, sorry, I don't know many Eastern Europeans, but I do know a lot of people with that name, and none of them are Eastern European. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, in America, you know, names don't mm -hmm. necessarily tie yeah. back to uh, ancestry. Cause people are just mm -hmm. like, oh, that's a nice name. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I, I would imagine it's much more common in Eastern Europe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But yeah, she is Canadian, so. <laughs> Wretched uh, hive of scum and villainy. <laughs> Canada. 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 Uh, oh, Canada. <laughs> Anyway, so um, uh, though that's uh, kind of what I've been geeking out nice. about in terms of uh, in terms of the uh, uh, the comic books. Um, but yeah, I support your local comic book store. So, oh man, so I've been really, really getting into this TV show. It's an anime, Golden Girls, called My Hero Academia. <laughs> oh, that one's so good. I have been. Told did I, tell, I, did I like put you onto that. that one or? Um, Jason really liked. I definitely it. recommended that. Pretty much you. everybody put me on. <laughs> it's it's you. Very you have very my niece is really uh, obsessed with it, and my roommate uh, TQ started started watching it, and I'd seen him watching it a couple times, and so I thought, yeah, let's give this a shot. So I throw on. Oh, and then Damien, my new roommate, moved in. Um, so I've got two renters now in a flooded house, and oh. so he also talked about how good the show was. So I was like, all right, gotta get this thing started, mm -hmm. and I like can't put it down. Like it is. It's so much fun. I mean, so just just to kind of brief you guys, um, just on the premise. So it, it's kind of like a 
X-Men type deal. Yeah, I'd it, say it's very X-Men-like. Yeah, it, it's it's more... Uh, a, Jason always a, described it to me as superhero Hogwarts. Yeah. yeah it's, 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 it's like that combined with X-Men. It's yeah. more like if you've seen some of the more modern stuff like... Um, Umbrella Academy? Invincible. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's a less gritty version <laughs> of Invincible. Invincible pretty gritty. Um, but basically, essentially, there are pro heroes out there and they're all doing hero work and there are villains out there doing villain things. And it's about the younger generation that is that are training to become heroes about 80 percent of people have these things called quirks now which are essentially your mutation in x-men yeah. so it's, yeah. it can be anything people yep. some but i would say they're a little more bizarre than x-men whereas x-men it, yeah. it felt X-Men like there was kind like, of a cap oh, I like shoot this kind of beam. you shoot, oh, this, I shoot this kind of beam. you can oh, teleport you're fast you're strong <laughs> this one's yeah. very you know it's yeah. very anime-y like yeah. one guy can shoot tape from his elbows <laughs> like yeah one it, you know one girl like turns invisible someone has like headphone ears and can plug into things yeah it like like they all have these bizarre are, you know, this one guy can shoot electricity, but it actually fries his brain too. So he gets progressively more dumb as he does electrical things. Aww. There's one guy who metabolizes sugar quicker, so he always walks around with a bunch of sweets, and so he metabolizes it and he becomes super strong. And so they're just these kind of bizarre. There's one guy that shoots lasers out of his belly button, <laughs> like it's it, it. But but really quickly, you you. I mean, it does it does just anime does a really good job at this where they. They drop you into like this fantastical situation, right? So here we are with all these people with superpowers and things like that. You kind of think, well, okay, this is either going to be kind of fun or it's not. But in reality, it's the show's not even about that. Like the show is about the characters and how they're dealing with certain things. And like the same thing happens with Attack on Titan, where Attack on Titan is kind of gruesome and dark and there's all these giants eating people. But really the show is about how these people are coping with life in this circumstance. And so you're finding yourself relating to characters really well. And they just, they develop characters so quickly and so well. And they, they're doing it really well in My Hero um, to where it's like they introduce a new a new school comes to visit, you know, because it's about the main character at, you know, at his school. And his, his 19 other classmates, so it's 20 of them. And their class 1A is the name of their class. It's, you know, the specific class. And it's mainly about them. Like, they're the 20 main characters. And, like, it's so cool that there are 20, you know, main characters because... You know, they take time to develop each of these people and like they have their characteristics and they don't they do a really good job at acting not out of character. Right. It's not this clunky show where it's like this guy all of a sudden saves a day. and You're like, well, that's not very like his character. You know, they very much lean into their characteristics and you see the benefits of each of them. One's super passionate and everybody just thinks he's a hothead and super annoying. But in reality, he's so passionate about becoming the number one hero that it's there are heroic elements of that, even though on the surface, he kind of just seems like a jerk. And so it's really cool when they dig down to that. And it's all about the teachers analyzing these kids and pointing these things out, saying, well, no, this kid's actually doing really well. We see this all the time. You know, it's, and so it's about the kids interacting with each other, the teachers interacting with the kids, and then it, at times real villains coming in to kill people and them interacting with kids and teachers. So it's like, so it, it's, it's just super cool. I mean, the action's really fun, you know, because you're constantly meeting new characters with new abilities. And they're introducing new villains, but again, it's it's really just a really well done show with like all I mean, so many different characters to develop, and they really don't hesitate. Like, there's not any wasted characters where you're like, oh, this guy is he's just pointless, or he just pops in to say something stupid. Or although 
it is an anime, so you have like the one like horny character, which is just kind of bizarre. You get that in every anime where it's yeah, just like it's definitely it's, an anime it's thing. You gotta like, have the perv. Yeah, it's just like it's just without fail. There's like one you know character that's just obsessed with girls, and so <laughs> there's that character where he pretty much only exists to be a perv, yep. <laughs> and you're like, yep. But, but you know, he even, gets beat up. For yeah, it. <laughs> even even he has some random episodes where there's development um, in his character, and he you know he plays some role other than that, um, which is interesting. But but no, I love I love how many different characters there are to latch on to because you just you, you get more characters and then it's just it's more fun because you can you can pick characters that you like more than others and say, oh, I like it when this guy does something good. And so you have something to kind of root for. Like, I really hope he's yeah. the and it's not one of those where it's just there's one person and, you know, he's going to be the hero in every scene and it's the, everybody else is kind of irrelevant yeah. and they do such a good job. Yeah. What's uh? so I read the manga manga, but um, yeah, Deku Deku's power is really interesting. Because it's like this, there's like this reflection, right? There's one for all, and there's all for one. And all for one is the bad guy, but he has the ability to to give and take quirks. And then one for all is like the one quirk he can't take away. So it's they're like arch nemeses, and so one for all is passed down from generation to generation to generation. And there's like more to it than that. I don't know how far you've gotten. Yeah, don't. don't but there's like crazy. there's like there's some interesting stuff happening, and I'm having trouble following it. I need to like go back and, and reread it because I'm a little confused. <laughs> yeah, but essentially, um, Deku, Deku is the main character. Yeah, Deku is the main kid. character who's a kid who has no quirk, who's being beat up by the hothead guy Bakugo. Yeah, who's who you're like, man, this guy's a jackass. Yeah, but then he, he actually is like a really interesting. Like he's, you really like he is Bakugo a good guy because it, it's uh, again I don't want to spoil anything, but the 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 League of Evil tries to recruit Bakugo. Yeah, that's such a great time yeah. and, because and you're like and you're like oh no this is like it seems like the obvious thing that's gonna happen right because Deku starts one upping Bakugo and Bakugo's like really pissed off about it yeah and so the League of Evil tries to recruit him's like ooh we'll give you more power and he's like screw you guys I'm a hero and then just like goes off on him and so is uh yeah no it, it's really good like it because i mean it kind of hinges on the initial two characters being the main character yeah. who is this who who kind of has the heart of a hero yeah. despite the fact that he's born corkless he still wants to help people yeah. he charges into really dire situations or he he does at the very beginning of the, of the show to to save to actually save bakugo who has right. this really cool cork where he can explode things and everybody knows he's going to be this big yeah, hero it's like really really powerful. and he's kind of hot-headed and he gets <laughs> captured by this bad guy and deku just runs in to try to fight the bad guy with no cork and he's just a little kid he throws a book bag at it and you know the main you know the main super boss good guy uh all might is sees it and it's like you're the one that's worthy of kind of continuing on my legend here so you can kind of take on my power all this is in the first episode yeah. so it's not big spoilers yeah, not big spoiler. um and, yeah, then, and so he's trying to learn how to use that power but now it's the relationship between deck yeah. who's always been bullied and without a cork and his i guess good friend I mean, who's kind of like his rival. high school bull yeah rival and bully growing yeah. up um bakugo um, but Deku is like always just the overly nice one, always yeah. trying to help Bakugo up. If he fell down, and Bakugo just hates him all yeah. the time, and so he's like getting more and more infuriated. Yeah. The better the Deku gets, yeah. But um, but Bakugo like l- grows to respect it, yeah. Even though they're he, they're like definitely he definitely sees him as like a rival, yeah. They're 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 he has respect for him now. It's yeah. What's really funny is um, they have like an internal tournament or something, mm-hmm. and Bakugo wins on a technicality, and so he's like, "Wait, no, we got to do it again." Yep. And so they like have him on the podium, and they had to like chain him to the podium because he's trying to get off, and he's like raging on the podium, and they're putting yeah. bells on people, and they just like hang it in his mouth. He's like, "Ah!" He, he beats. <laughs> and Todor- the teachers are just like. Oh, yeah. He beats Todoroki in the tournament in the finals, <laughs> but Todoroki was purposely not using some of his strength because yeah. he didn't know how to control it yet. Yeah. And he was so mad that this guy wasn't <laughs> using all of his strength against him. 
that he that he didn't even want to win, but he was so mad that he won because he's like he wasn't using all of his. So so like you, you start to respect certain elements of it to where yeah. you're like you're kind of crazy and a jerk, but like there's a part of you that just wants to be yeah. really good at yeah. what you do, and, and there's no there's no evil in him, yeah. right? Like the evil people try to catch him, and they're like, oh, he was so aggressive at that tournament, like he'll for sure turn to the evil side. And as a viewer, you're kind of like, oh man, is this the direction yeah. the show's and then, gonna? And, the and the, then they like, let him loose, yeah. and they're like, they're like, oh, you know, he he won't fight us. Like he's a smart kid, you know, we can let him loose. Like let's just talk to him. And as soon as they let him loose, he just blows them all away. <laughs> and then he's just like, are you? And he just he's such this arrogant kid, so you love it. He's just like, are you stupid? You thought that I was? Like, I'm training to be a hero. <laughs> so just the show is just really it's just really good the, and the characters I mean there has been a couple times where you're like oh man like that's so sweet where like the classmates are telling each other you know about their feelings and yeah. you're like wow this is a, this is a they, child there's show? a whole episode where it's like they're they're all moving into the dorm and it's about them decorating the dorms it's like a really good episode yeah, yeah <laughs> and it, like it, nothing it, happens it, that's so the it, exact it, one it, I was talking yeah, about it blends it blends the high octane action with the slice of life stuff really well I mean it that's why I think that's why you know the Harry Potter comparison is a good one because mm-hmm. it blended the the action and the adventure with the kind of mundane slice of life stuff yeah um. That, that builds the characters really and, and well. The, and the thing is, you have to do that well and, 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 and for it to be good or, or, or purposeful at all to develop characters. Like, you have this one character in that episode where she had, she had, like, they're all deliberating. And there's so many of these moments where you're sitting there and you're going, I don't know, I don't know what I would do. And, like, I, I don't know what the clear answer is, right? Yeah. Like, so one of their yeah. classmates gets taken and they're like, well, we're training heroes. We're all very capable. We fought villains before. Do we defy... You know, do we defy our teachers and actually go after this person? Do we leave it to the professional heroes? Um, are we even training to be heroes if we're not willing to do this? Right. What like so? There's this conflict, and all the twenty classmates are disagreeing. Like some of them, are, and they're all making points. That as a viewer, you're like, wow, that is a good point. Oh, well, that's a good point. And so you're sitting there like, this is great. And one of the classmates, this says, you know, hey, regardless of how you feel, we need to not act impulsively like this because otherwise we're just villains acting like on our own impulses and she doesn't go with the crowd that actually goes to save their classmate and then later when they're all moving in and they're all happy to see each other she just feels terrible like because they actually went and they saved their their classmate and so she felt like this and and they don't even talk about it but throughout the episode you can kind of subtly see her you know pulling back a little bit you don't know that that's why it is it was like three episodes before that and then she brings it up and she's like guys i'm just so like i like i just feel like like so sad that I made you, and you're like, oh my gosh! Like this is this is con- conveying feelings like in complex emotions way better than a lot of like television, like real movies and TV shows, <laughs> and all the characters are like responding back to her, you know, in different ways, and you're like, oh gosh, like this is just, it's just a really thoughtful show. Like yeah, they they, they thought through it uh, really well. I think if you like My Hero Academia, you'll really like One Piece because it's it's the same. The, the again, the anime at least initially is paced like Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. But it's really, really good. And the characters are all just like that. Like, you have the... You have Luffy. He is the main character. Mm-hmm. But even his crew... His crew is like 10... Ends up being like 10 people after... At this point, it's like now at like 10 people after 10 years. Yeah. He has like 10 people in his crew. Um, but all the secondary characters and all the places they go to are just so memorable and all the powers are different. It's just... Yeah. It gives me major My Hero Academia vibes. Like, I like them both. There's also one... Uh, I, t- I think I talked about it called the uh, Mushite Rumakun. I don't know if it has an anime yet. Mm. I thought it might. Um, where this guy gets kidnapped and sent to the devil world. And so everyone has different abilities and different familiars and things like that. And it's you navigate. And it, it is, it's like you have, I think, you know, you build around a protagonist who you love. 
mm-hmm. and then build build other people around them to for him for them to relate to. Yeah. Um, I think those are the best the best magazines and anime I've, I've watched. Well, I, I just I've been more and more surprised as I've gotten more. I'm in no way like this hardcore anime yeah. person that like. I personally don't read, you know, yeah. manga. I, well, I've watched some TV shows here and there. I've enjoyed some movies. Um, I don't, you know, do the whole cosplay dressing up as anime characters. But I've been so pleasantly surprised at watching the more, I guess, more modern anime stuff. Because, I mean, I grew up with Dragon Ball Z and some other things. But like you said, it's paced like a cartoon. It's yeah. paced like something that kids could watch. And yeah. you're like, oh, this episode progressed two minutes in real time. <laughs> and then it ended. I would just lose my mind as an adult. But as a kid, you're just like, hey, more characters and pictures and whatever. No, granted, I can still go back and enjoy Dragon Ball Z just because I'm a huge fan. But the the more modern ones do such a better job at pacing, pacing, but they still have that same nag for character development. That is just like, it makes almost any show I watch really enjoyable. And this is one of the reasons that manga is outselling comics. Like, if you look at the top 20 spots in America, the top 20 things that are, you know, top 20 graphic novels slash comics that are being sold, they're all Japanese. Because... The stuff coming out of Japan is focused on telling a good story. By and large, the stuff coming out of America oh is focused on uh, like selling na- you on so- their politics. Social narrative right yeah, now is, is probably is, just is, super is heavy. By and, and large, saturated. virtue signaling because that's become the norm in Hollywood. Yeah. is to say, hey, um, this a is a, this is a topic people are are loud, vocal about. So let's you know lean into whatever we think is the is the hot topic. The problem is those people don't buy things; they just yell on Twitter. Um, <laughs> like it's just it's just not, so, so, it's just sad because yeah, it's so, just not the play. Like just and, make and, comics. And, like and, and a lot of the comic book writers have dug themselves. If you're not part of the big two, a lot of the comic book writers are really struggling because they've come out and said, "Well, if you don't like my comic, don't buy it." And then the same hand saying, yeah. "Why is nobody buying my comic?" It's like, ah. Uh, they say a bunch sorry, of what? really divisive things yeah. that, regardless of where you're at on your views of anything, you can yeah. understand and, that it's like, and, well, this is really divisive. Yeah. And most you're going to lose a lot of fans over saying people, these things. Most people are of the opinion if you just tell a good story, even if I disagree with your politics or whatever, if you tell a good story, yeah. I will enjoy it. So, The Good Place has some of the worst theology I've ever seen in a TV show. <laughs> but I love that show because it's really well told. It's yeah. fun characters. Yeah. It's great dialogue. So I don't care that they do, like have zero understanding about how heaven and hell works. I don't care because it's really cool. Yeah. Right? It's a really fun show with really great characters. So, I, so yeah, no, it's, I, just, I, it's just frustrating I, that people are like, well, if you don't agree with my politics, it's because you're XYZ. It's like, no, it's because you're not telling a good story. You tell a good story, people will buy that. Yeah, no, it, I, I really... By and large. I, I, Obviously, there are sections of the population that's like, if it's this, I will never buy it. If it's this, I will never buy it, right? Which, mm-hmm. whatever, you know. Right. But, it, it, it is true, though. Like, And it's a funny it's a funny thing just because you could be completely removed as far as having an opinion on anything. Yeah. Which, again, when it comes to media, I'm more on your boat. I'm like, I really don't care what the point you're making. If it's really cool yeah. and fun and you told a good story, and then, well, you know, I think afterwards that's going to be I can talk about it and say, well, I really liked it. I mean, I disagree with X, Y, Z, yeah. but I really enjoyed yeah. it. Mm-hmm. But, but I think even when you do that, if something's really heavy-handed, you're just like, well... Like, can, like I, I, it's usually my response when people do the yelling, like you're saying, like, oh, well, you just don't like my stuff because... You know, you're a racist, or you're a sexist, or you don't like you don't like seeing you don't like women. You don't like seeing this, and it's just like I'm like, well, I you're 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 really heavy-handed in your storytelling, so it's understandable that some people could be put off by that. Like for instance, it's like I've talked about playing The Last of Us Part Two, which is it's just 
it's I, I have to admit it's a good game like like I don't think it was as good as the first one for a lot of different reasons but the narrative like the social narrative in the second one is really heavy like just to just just to kind of give you a taste and this is just a taste the four playable characters are a lesbian couple a girl that's like more jacked than any dude I've ever seen and a transgender 14 year old those are the four characters you can play as and so again it didn't bother me enough to really care I thought the story was pretty well told but when all the fans and all the game owners and all this stuff just started all this rage wars I'm like well you guys like that's a pretty heavy statement <laughs> like that's like you're leaning into that kind of hard and also for 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 you know by and large the people who are putting up those stories will say, well, you know, oh, I, you know, I have to have, a, you know, a transgender lead or I can't relate to it. It's like, okay, well, if, if, you, if your mindset is I can't relate to a character that doesn't look like me, then why are you putting, you know, all these leads out and expecting people who don't identify that way to, to be like, yeah, we're on board with this since we can't relate to it. Like, it's, it doesn't make sense. The point is, you tell a good story, it shouldn't matter who the lead is. Right. I mean, and to be honest, that was an example of me thinking that they actually did do a pretty good job making that game. I thought it was a really fun yeah. game. I just could also understand right. people going, right. wow, this is kind of like, this is kind of like suffocating how much yeah. narrative is getting pushed. Because again, that was just a taste. Like the whole game you know, had a lot yeah. more to and say so about I all think, that. I think like Jordan Peele, for the most part, does it where it's like you can clearly see his yeah. social commentary, but he's also he's telling really telling good stories. stories. He's, a, he's a fantastic storyteller. So, and, and I, so I was, like uh, yeah. like us, I you know I, I don't think I would completely agree with his social commentary. I mean, I think in parts I definitely would, mm-hmm. right? But <laughs> us was a, just a really good movie. It was excellent. like it was an excellent movie. Well, and 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 so I and I think he. Like I, I really enjoyed Get Out. I think Get Out is a great film. I haven't watched that one. Yet. Um, Get Out's great. Yeah. Um, but I think. Uh, he he was a little more heavy-handed with Get Out, mm. and that yeah. put people off. Whereas us, he um, he was less heavy-handed, but the social commentary was just as powerful. Yeah, and to to me, I thought it was actually more powerful. Yeah, because you had to really sit and think about it. Because yeah. some people and- are all like getting hung up in the mechanics of the tether. It's like no 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 yeah, no, yeah. no no. It's not about the mechanics. It's about who's in the position of power. Yeah. Um, and that that's that's a that's a bigger deal, and you know, and that's a metaphor for something else. And there's other layers with like the uh, whole Hands Across America thing, which was a failed uh, campaign, like social campaign from the '80s. But like, anyway, there's lots of different stuff. Um, Jordan Peele is probably the best person out there telling those kinds of stories mm-hmm. that yeah. are you know making good and thoughtful social commentary sure, yeah. versus like in your face about, you know, whatever social issue. And you know, also, right. and also you have to think about what, you know, what what are people who are coming to this movie expecting? If you go to a Jordan Peele movie, mm-hmm. you know, you're expecting, especially horror movies tend towards social commentary right. very well. Because, um, especially because they, they, they do the one thing that, like, Hollywood is really bad at, which is actually talking about evil in, like, a tangible evil exists sense. Mm-hmm. Where, like, basically all horror movies come down to that, no, there is real evil that actually exists. Mm-hmm. Right. Right? Whereas a bunch of other movies will waffle on it because everything has to be relative, but no horror movies are like no, this is evil. Like there's evil. Yeah. Evil exists. It makes it very right? clear. Yeah. So horror movies, you know, in, in some sense, horror movies touch at, uh, at truth in a way that Hollywood tries not to sometimes. But if you, I'm going to a Marvel movie. I'm not. I'm there to watch an action movie. <laughs> yeah, but I think there is there definitely, and this is the point I was getting to is like there are times where you're like, okay, that was good, but also like I just don't like when I go to when I see like Get Out and stuff like that. I really enjoyed that movie. I mean, I thought it was an excellent movie, regardless of like Nathaniel said. Of you, like, but I, I didn't think the social commentary clouded it at all. Yeah, like it no. was great. Um, 
when you try to put that in, again into things like the Avengers or like video games, you just feel like there's just it's not that there's not a place for these things, yeah. but it's like you can definitely like it. It does like so. So like okay, I I make films. Like I I've said this before that I don't have any production company, but part of what you do. What you try to do is keep people immersed in a certain situation. When you do things that are blatantly obvious, something like, let's say a certain situation in a movie is like incredibly convenient or really unrealistic. Somebody falls out of a plane and lands and they're like, I'm fine. It pulls you, it pulls you out of a story, right? Because you all of a sudden realize, oh, I'm in a theater watching something that's fake. And, and the problem when social narrative is clunkily thrown into something is that it does that exact thing. You're like, oh yeah, I'm watching a movie, you know, made in 2020 and, and like I can tell this was just forced into this movie. Whereas you watch something like Get Out and you, you don't really see that because the movie kind of, it like, it, it lean it just, it revolves around like that's kind of the point of the movie and the movie just happens to tell the story. Mm -hmm. It's not like, this is an Avengers movie, also we're going to kind of get all these little signals in, throughout the movie that are just like, okay... It's like, it's, yeah, it's kind of cool. Like, it's great for you that this is happening. It didn't really ruin the movie or anything, but, like, it, it very much pulls me out of the movie, and then I'm sitting in my seat, and I'm watching somebody give their opinion, and then I'm pulled back into the movie. And so, like, I think, um, have you, have you guys seen Parasite? Yes. So I thought Parasite, like, it won Best Picture. Yeah, yeah. Um, he makes some other really good movies again. He did Snowpiercer, uh, right? Uh, yeah, he did Snowpiercer. Um, I hated Snowpiercer. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but but Parasite made me willing to watch it again yeah. because I, I I thought Parasite was a great film. Yeah. So Parasite is, is a great film. Um, I don't agree with like he he kind of he pushes a very specific social narrative most times. Where he does everything when he, when he makes a movie of like super anti-capitalist type deal you know which is ironic for someone selling a movie <laughs> yeah for who's made a ton of success off of his ideas but but not my point my point is that like he made parasite and i think parasite is a well-told story it's a unique story it's something that i hadn't really seen and they developed the characters well but it's underlying theme i couldn't connect to as much as maybe somebody else so it's understandable that there's like a half of the population that could also enjoy it as a really good film but then also say oh this is exactly how i feel about all these sure. things like people in power are always wrong regardless of what happens and it's like i like for me i can't connect to that as much i'm like i think that you know yeah i won't get into it but anyways <laughs> uh, most of his movies have that theme going on but i've liked pretty much all of his movies like and so i just i just think that there is a really good way to do it to where you can say hey you can enjoy this more if you kind of have my opinions but if you don't you can still enjoy watching a really fun story and a well-told story yeah, but I, if you I, and if I think I think that's the important part. It's not the the disagreement of opinions that that ruins the enjoyment of the movie. Right. It's the putting the story and character development to the back in order to right. it's basically doing it preach to you. It's doing it and at say the, you need to agree with this opinion. Well, it's doing it at the detriment of yeah, telling the story, exactly, right? Exactly. And, and that's what I try to mention in the beginning, where it's like if you're ever pulling me out of the story to tell me your opinion, it's like. Well, I, th I think you're sacrificing yeah. what you were doing here, and that's kind of a bummer. Like, regardless of what you're saying, I mean, you could you could even say a message that I agree with, but if you just stop the whole movie <laughs> to to essentially like, and I mean, you get this not even just in social narrative. Like, like for instance, we watch the Terminator movies. Do you know the number of times in Terminator Three that it was like, oh, we did this in the last movies, let's do them in this movie? Yeah. And of course, you're <laughs> watching and you're worse. like, yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger is gonna stop, turn to the camera, and say, "Hasta la vista, baby," or something, and you're going, all right, you could find a creative way maybe to slide that into where it makes sense, but like that was so blatant and so like, hey, we need to add this in that it pulled me out of the movie completely. And I think it was like 20, 30 minutes in the movie that I just looked at Nathaniel, I'm like. This third Terminator movie is just a parody. Like, it's just a joke. <laughs> I mean, it really was. Like, there was a point where, like, 
like I think he grabbed a boombox and started playing music and walking out to a car. And I'm like, is this real? Like, like they're they're very <laughs> much like the, like it's like Arnold knows there's a camera walking around filming him. Like that's how blatant it was. And so you watch a movie like that, and sure, like you can enjoy like maybe if a movie leans into that like Deadpool, you're like, oh well, this is funny at least. But it can't really, I don't. In my opinion, it can't. It, like you can't have a real serious story when you keep breaking that fourth wall to either to either give your opinion or to make it make a joke which is you know i think something that marvel can sometimes do a little too heavy where they're like we'll make these jokes that are kind of like self-aware you know yeah like like you know they just kind of really bring you out of the situation that like the pacing's not exactly right but yeah i think i think a lot of movies and, and shows and tv things suffer from that and i would say to kind of circle back to our original where we started this um, has been the <laughs> this has been a very big detour and we apologize um but this yes. might be a good uh, B-sides. <laughs> yeah. I, I, uh, we got off track. <laughs> yeah. So to, to, to tie back, yes, I think that animes do a very good job at saying we don't really, like, we, we don't necessarily, our, our, our purpose isn't to really worry about what else is going on. Like, we just want to yeah. focus on this story. Yeah. Like, this is what's important yeah. and this is what's and, interesting. And to your point. And you can engage in this. And to your point, you know, it's it, Japanese manga are just really good at telling stories. And again, I think it's because they're focused on telling stories. But, you know, there are things to complain about that, like... The literal, the existence of in literally every, well, I'll separate it. There's shonen manga, which is primarily targeted at guys, and there's shoujo, which is primarily targeted at girls. So you usually don't see the the pervy guy in the shoujo manga, mm-hmm. but you absolutely like every single shonen manga has at least one character oh, whose yeah. whole personality is I'm the perv, and it's like and everyone it's knows I'm the perv. I'm like and I act like, and it's I'm like sensitive to it now. I mean, I'm desensitized to it now, but really, if you took some time to think about it, it's very like. Is this good at all? Like, is there any redeeming value in having one character that's just like literally saying boobs every two seconds, <laughs> and his eyes are like watering anytime a hot girl walks it's by? Hard. Yeah, and it's like it's kind of not even fun. Like, there are a couple times where you you chuckle because you know there'll be this one situation that he's not in, and there's like an attractive girl, but then he passes by and faints, and you're like, okay, that was kind of or or whatever. But but the majority of the time, it's not even funny. You're yeah. just kind of like, all right, this is just really weird. Yeah, and it's you're a very right. Japanese thing. It, 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 it's true. There's definitely elements of it that are that are bizarre. I, I guess I just now well, have it, seen it, it so much. Kind of, it's kind of mirrors in a, in a weird way the um, the sitcom trope of the Playboy. Which, oh, what's yeah. the name of it? Uh, there's a specific there's a specific character that it's named after. But anyways, um, the uh, the Don Juan. That's it. Ah. The Don Juan character. Uh, it's named after a character in Shakespeare. Right, so every sitcom has the Don Juan, right? In, in How I Met Your Mother, it's Barney. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember who it is in Friends. I think, it, I think it's um, Joey, probably. Joey, Joey, yeah. yeah. Um, but like every everyone has the you know the one character who's just you know super suave, sleeping around with everybody. Da 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 da. It's the same thing except for in the manga case, they're like, no, he's just a pervert. <laughs> he never actually gets any. Yeah, he never actually gets any. He's just which, a pervert. Which is funny because like he's another pervert. very very big thing in like any kind of Japanese storytelling whether you watch like you know dramas or you watch actual anime is that the intimacy between guys and girls is usually extremely minimal like right. like bar- it, barely yeah. anything ever happens it's usually the big intense moment is that somebody has feelings for somebody else like, nothing <laughs> ever amounts to anything it's always like wait do you like this person and it's like no and like that's the big okay. thing that's why uh, that's so I'm going to recommend you should watch it. It's only ten episodes. It's called My Love Story. It's one of the best romance animes ever. It's so stinking funny. It's this big gorilla-looking dude who's just like super pure at heart, um, and is like, yeah, I wish I could have a girlfriend. And he saves some girl, 
and she's also like super pure of heart. Like neither of them have any dirty thoughts at all. And so she's she's like talking to uh, her friend, and she's like, "I feel so impure." He's like, "What? I just want to hold his hand." <laughs> right. Like, and, and someone posted that on like Tumblr, and the top comment was like, "And I bet you want him to call you by your first name too, you thirsty hoe." <laughs> 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 it's. That that one's one of my favorites. It's, just, it's so cute. But the, that's a really big theme in, in most in most I feel like Japanese storytelling, where it's like, and and that's really refreshing, right? Yeah. Because like you see pretty saturated in every. I mean, I can go and watch DC movies, like DC animated movies, and like the characters are having sex with each other. Yeah. Like the Teen Titans are having sex with each other, and I'm like, man, it's just so saturated now that it's kind of nice to, to like you know you watch the animes and yes, there is a weird side to it where like all the girls are animated extremely voluptuously. You always get the weird pervy character, but nobody's ever doing it. Like nobody ever even like if, if a character is like touch each other's hands, they'll be like, <gasps> and like the boy, the boy like, runs away. And it's like, this is like an 18 year old boy. And it's like, I kind of like this. It's not very realistic, but like, this is great. You know, like it feels way more and like, it's way more charming too. Cause yeah. you're like, I'm allowed to like this and root for this relationship as opposed to like, well, I've had sex with him four times, but like not really feeling it. And you're like, oh, this is kind of nasty. Like, They're demisexual. Like, they only have sexual relations with people that they have romantic feelings about. <laughs> it's like it just, it's just, it's just, it can get exhausting. Yeah. So, like, that's another element I like about it. But, yeah. anyways, Anime. My Hero Academia, Animu. All right, been geeking out on it lately. Yeah. Nice. Sorry, we got yeah. Let's wrap very up. Let's wrap de- up. Yeah, I got one more up. thing. I'm going to do this very quickly. I've been listening to the Babylon Bee uh, podcast. It is hysterical. They're some of the best interviewers I've ever heard because mm-hmm. they're they're very not serious. I mean, they ask they ask serious questions, but they're both introverts, and so they just let the the whoever they're talking to talk and they'll ask probing questions. But it's so funny because early on they had an interview with Candace Owens, mm-hmm. who's you know very famous uh, conservative commentator. She's black and female. Well, she uh, <laughs> and she gets a whole lot of flack for being you know very conservative. Yeah, um, she gets kind of lambasted by the left. But so they they have an interview with her, and first of all, they the, the title of the interview is Candace Owens instantly regrets going on Babylon Bee podcast. Uh, <laughs> but they they're like, okay, we need to set this up. So first of all, how dare you? <laughs> how are you able to sleep? And I just like saying <laughs> they're very funny interviewers. Um, it's a lot of fun, and of course, uh, the Babylon Bee is a, it's a hysterical website. Um, one of the recent articles: top ten animals that should have been yeeted off of Noah's Ark. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so it's, it's that, that should be a topic of our podcast. <laughs> that would be a fun podcast. Yeah. One through ten I, mosquitoes. Yeah. yeah. Right? <laughs> well, the problem is, you eat the mosquito off, it just flies back. Yeah. <laughs> Animals that would die if you <laughs> eat them all. <laughs> um. Yeah. So so I've been I've been enjoying uh, the Babylon Bee podcast a whole lot to the point where I subscribed and got the extra content. And so they always end they they always end their interviews in the subscriber portion with ten questions. The first one is always, have you ever met Christian rapper Carmen? <laughs> and it always ends with, do you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior? <laughs> wow. it's, they're like, we're a Christian podcast. We're, we're, we're legally obliged to do an altar call at the end of every interview. <laughs> it's there very are tu- so many historical things cheek. wrong with that. It's very, <laughs> it's very tongue-in-cheek. Yeah. It's very funny. And, uh, the, the one that always catches the audience members off guard, the, the interview members, the, the one that, that they're always like, wait, what? Is they say God says you could add another book to the Bible? What is it? <laughs> and it's like, uh, especially the Christian uh, people that they have on that they're interviewing uh-huh. are like, uh, I don't think I can answer that question. <laughs> well, the limit well, does not and exist. Now, and now the 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 the, uh, <clears throat> the first question is uh, now uh, 
you, you know, it's not nobody else has the chance to because Carmen died earlier this yeah, year. Yeah, I know, oh. I know. Well, they, well, they still ask him, "Have you ever met Carmen?" Yeah, and they're like, they're trying to, they're like, we're we're, we're trying to get enough material together that we can just have an entire podcast about Carmen. <laughs> wow. But it's 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 really really fun. I definitely recommend it. It's video too. It's on YouTube uh, if you want to actually like watch it. Um, but they've interviewed some really really interesting people. They interviewed some British guy who who uh, was like in the army and his family got taken hostage in Malaysia. And then uh, he he like shared shared the gospel with a guy in prison and the guy converted. Like really wild stories. Like they get they get some really cool interviews. Um, so I definitely I definitely recommend. Uh, the Babylon Bee podcast. Uh, ours first, obviously. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Babylon Bee podcast and the Babylon Bee website. It's, it's it, almost every day they have a headline that makes me laugh out loud. All right. So, yeah. All right. So, Ashley, where can people find you? All right. Well, I did have like... Oh, you had one more? Yeah. All I right. Have, can you do I, it quickly? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm being yelled yeah. at that it's time to go to lunch. Oh, okay. Sorry. Uh, Lower Decks, really good. Star Trek, uh, covering that on Fangirlish. Um, Nathaniel, when I listened back to our new, new Trek episode uh we were unclear about the canonicity of lower decks canonicity canonicity it is uh it is canon it uh, is definitely i don't canon. like that yeah sorry it's canon um and sorry. uh uh i was a little fuzzy on the timeline it is post tng movies era so after nemesis all right other thing i've been geeking out about i've been trying to do stuff that doesn't involve the internet so uh i now have a laser disc player <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought you talked about that last time. And, and no, I, uh, Hardy Boys, I was talking about Hardy Boys uh, records and comics and how they have Laserdiscs. At the time, I did not oh, own okay, a Laserdisc okay, player. Okay. I now own a Laserdisc gotcha, player. Gotcha, gotcha. That's wild. So um, <laughs> I, I also now have an original cut of Star Wars. So, That's so dope. Yay, it's so fun. Anyway, um, so uh, would recommend that you give Lower Decks a watch. Would also recommend that you... Uh, Check out, oh, check out laserdisc. Check out They were fun. like a thing for a year. Uh, <laughs> no, much longer kinda than like, that. Kind of like HD DVD. <laughs> uh, laserdiscs actually started like in the '80s. They quit producing them in the early 2000s, actually. So uh, really? they had a bigger run in Japan for uh, because Japan actually subsidized the cost of them. Um, so they were much cheaper to produce in they're Japan. They're essentially than giant they CDs, US. right? Uh, uh, they're like an LP-sized DVD. So, um, that's so great. It's amazing. It's, it's really cool, though, because the, so, so, the sound uh, quality is amazing. Uh, here's, here's what I'm thinking. It's like a record player, right? Mm-hmm. Like an old phonograph. Mm-hmm. And you put the disc on, you put it, and then the light comes out of the big conical flower. <laughs> it's like, but yeah, the, the the main reason people like went into Laserdisc was for the sound quality because ah, like yeah. so I have a copy of Alien on Laserdisc and uh, the stereo line in my Laserdisc player uh, doesn't work, but the analog line does. Even just on the analog, like the uh, the they used actually the uh, the sound from the seventy millimeter uh, print of Alien for for that um, Laserdisc edition, and it is fantastic. Like I mean, That's even on cool. my like dinky TV without surround sound, without a giant sound bar, it sounds. All, I mean, obviously not as good as the movie, but like about the best you can get, like That's out of really a, cool. out of a CRT TV. So, <laughs> it's pretty fab. So anyway, laser disc, very cool little hobby I've been geeking out about. So if you want to find me, you can uh, um, talk to me a few different ways. You can hit me up on the tweets at the Nerdy Blogger. You can like my Facebook page, facebook.com/slash the Nerdy Blogger. You can go to my blog, nerdyblogging.wordpress.com. You can read my words on fangirlish.com and um, the popcultureretrorama.com, which is now migrated to the logbook. So it's logbook.com slash popcultureretrorama. Uh, you can also now hear my voice not only on the Dearly Debated podcast, but on... Which is um, 
on uh, the We Made This Podcast Network. Uh, just made my debut this week. Um, Should you on, hear it on us? Why? <laughs> on uh, the uh, Real Talk podcast, uh, where you can hear me and uh, a guy named Dan uh, talking about Candyman. Uh, I'm going to be joining a few other uh, Real Talk podcasts. I'm going to be covering Malignant, actually. I'm going to go see that this week. comes out on the 10th. It's not a puma. I'm going to be covering Malignant, uh, talking about the Green Knight later. Uh, also going to be talking about uh, Miss Marvel on their uh, Marvel podcast, Podcast 616. Um, so, yeah, you're going to hear my voice a lot more often over there. I mean, we made this podcast network. Um, you can find me, uh, Greg, at Greg at Chapter1Films.biz. Um, on email, you can find me on Facebook at Chapter One Films, uh, on Instagram Chapter Underscore One Underscore Films. One is always spelled out O N E. Um, yeah, you can also check out me and Nathaniel's YouTube channel, The Kitchen Chemist. Uh, we have some pretty cool content. Yep, you can find me at Holy Golem, and that's it. And we have a Facebook group for Billy Today, uh, so check that out. So, uh, yeah, until next time. Godspeed, Spider Man. <laughs> <laughs> We need to talk about the next Spider-Man Oh yeah, I haven't watched it yet. Oh, it's really good. Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.